Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by two members of my firefighting family because everyone else went camping. I have Kev. Hello. And I have Scott. Hey there. <laughs> yeah. We can't afford trailers. So we can't go camping. <laughs> I just haven't got mine yet. <laughs> it's coming in. Kev's is on order. My heater blew up and Scott's not allowed one because he just bought a pedal board. I drive a yours. <laughs> You can pull a trailer with the yards. Be a really small trailer. <laughs> camper, camper trailer. Um, yeah, Kev, uh, we're going to start with you with some shout outs. Well, my, my best Ash impersonation. Today. Do some Ash impressions. Yeah. So, so shout outs to our. Uh, be mindful of the. Yeah, I'll try to be mindful of all this. So, shout outs to our, some of our main uh, sponsors and supporters. Uh, Chief Miller, of course, always uh, a big one for us. Uh, Lots of great content, lots of great uh, shares, and all the all the fun social media stuffs from the Chief Miller. So check them out. I uh, got uh, uh, Modus Fire Rescue. They got a lot of good equipment. They uh, they like sending us stuff, and we like testing out their equipment. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And they've uh, recently given us a promo code. So if anybody's looking to purchase anything through. Modus, you can use the promo code of DTFF5, and uh, I think I'll get you a 5% discount on your order. Um, <coughs> also, I am responding. I like using them, and they do good things, like bring us calls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, RZ Masks, we like uh, using the RZ Masks, and we're hoping to have reviews for that fairly soon. Reviews are basically... Yeah, I'd like to bring one of the things on uh, that recently we did with the I am um, responding from our previous was it last episode or the episode before we had our discussion about going outside of region two mm-hmm. two episodes ago. Oh, yeah. um, we've actually since put a marker on our outer boundary, so those officers, such as myself, <laughs> we don't have to try to figure out where the last cattle guard is. <laughs> and we actually found out it from Bob that it's not a cattle guard; it's actually a house. <laughs> So uh, now there's a marker, and, it, and it's a little. It's not a skull and crossbones. <laughs> I think it's like a big exclamation point that says, "Do not go past this point." Or something. I think we can look into. Uh, we should probably look into. There is a geofencing function on I am responding. So the truck just the truck just shuts down. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Push the fire right there. there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, we will be having a promo code from the uh, RZ Mask guys very soon. So if you are looking to buy them one, just give us about a week. I reckon I should have. I should have it in about a week. They're pretty great. Yeah, uh, the RZ Masks are pretty great. Yeah, we've been using them for just tons of stuff. You know, you know what? Like I used it the other day at that when we were doing that live burn. Yeah. Well, I wasn't using it in the live burn, but I was using it outside, and I used it when I went in to do some pre work. Um, do some moving of the debris, the debris around, and uh, typically I'm blowing 
black chunks of snot out of my nose for a week after I do that. If I'm not wearing a mask at all, which is don't do that, kids. Um, or if I'm wearing one of those, um, those actually like certified ones that we're yeah. supposed to use, those little disposable white things. Um, painter's mask. I'm still blowing chunks out. So this was like perfectly clean. Yeah, I snaked like mine. To say, mine is my snot was perfectly clean. <laughs> I snaked mine from here and uh, was using it to do spring cleaning in the garage, and that's like a lot of dust usually, mm-hmm. and like I could just taste it, and you're spitting it out and blowing it out, and and yeah, use that mask, and the mask was comfortable, like it didn't. Uh, like those those right? disposable ones, they yeah, like they they don't fit really well. Yeah, and then they um, the breathing, they're not very yeah, breathable. This thing you barely feel like it's on, and you just keep going. Hey, we're already doing the review right now. Look at this. <laughs> you look pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely look better You're than wearing like those little white things. Yeah, yeah for sure. I wish sure. I did a Bane impression, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a guy the other day at work was doing it. I was like, ah, oh, so good. <laughs> I don't like Bane. Um, yeah. So that's that's our shouts and masks and all the fun stuff. Uh, you may have seen the smoke video. If you haven't, take a peek. There's some that was that was a kind of fun one, just for the smoke powder that we uh, we recorded as well. We got some other stuff from when we were training the department. I'm kind of looking at it right now and, and editing some stuff out. We've got the truck in the background. It's given off a lot of noise. Obviously, um, in hindsight, maybe we should have shut it off during the initial conversation. But you know what? It is what it is. So if I can tweak the audio, we might get something out of that, and we can show you some of the bits and pieces that we do for pre-training. Um, for other departments if that isn't um, saveable I guess then uh, we'll, we'll record it again we'll just record throw some yeah. throw some thunderstruck in the background so there you go and then, <laughs> and then get taken off everything yeah get off YouTube <laughs> yeah so we'll, uh, we'll we'll be getting some other content out there for you soon uh, Scott you got some news for me yeah and I I I don't know. Every time we do news, it's depressing. But, <laughs> but this is what news is, I think. I don't know. Well, I think um, it's kind of the term, isn't yeah, it? News is... yeah. um, so, as most of you know, probably last week, I believe, um, Appleton, Wisconsin, there was a firefighter actually killed <clears throat> by gunfire while on scene. Um, one police officer was also wounded, I believe, and a couple other people. Um, it sounds like what they were doing was treating uh, someone in medical distress from other, from some of the other sources I've read, it the person was actually um, had OD'd, it sounds like, and then they were narcan And sometimes when when a Narcan person comes back, they are ready to ready to fight. So whatever occurred between the, the me- original medical call to whatever occurred after was that there was some gunfire and one of the uh, firefighters was killed. Um, and that kind of uh, there was a few months ago I was on the phone with you guys because I wasn't actually here and I, I was down in Los Angeles training um, at the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu University and one one reason why I was down there was to take their Gracie Survival Tactics program and they have opened the, they opened it up to firefighters um, is one of their things now um, because of because of the, the prevalence of violence with the um, in the world now against against not just officers anymore it's against um, all first responders obviously um Firearms aren't really going to be... I mean, they cover it in the Gracie Survival Tactics, but it, it's mainly for, you know, people people trying to um, hand-to-hand sort of stuff, like, hurt you that way. But it's very it's very effective, and, it, and you know, it's really effective in controlling someone without really injuring them, so it's definitely something to look into if you can. Um, yeah? Yeah. I mean, the, the Gracies are the, you know... I mean, if you don't know who they are, look them up. They're, you know... <laughs> 
You should know. They're the reason why. They're the reason why the UFC exists. They're the reason you know why Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is so popular. Um, they have a lot of answers to a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they uh, they they change more than your fitness, and they change more than a whole bunch of other stuff than just yeah. just your your whole mindset changes. When you're and they're very good instructors, and just even learning from them helped my instruction. As Carl said the other day, he said, "Oh, I could see a lot of." Uh, <laughs> Because Carl was watching some Gracie videos, or um, so he he's, could see a lot of how uh, we train here, just at the department, um, in in their teachings. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're probably we were just talking actually about maybe doing an episode on um, survival safety ish tips for for on scene against uh, other people. Because as we mentioned in one of our posts on Facebook the other day people are more dangerous than the fire sometimes and you know fires are at least a little bit more predictable than just random people that are there and stress and pressure and everything else do weird and crazy things to to people so stay safe and be aware that those things can people can cause bigger problems much quicker keep a hydrant wrench handy hydrant wrench yeah there you go uh so tonight we have a guest episode it's our very first. We've never done one before. Um, with, with a guest from outside of the yeah. area. Because we've had Thomas Todd in well, lots, but he's not even a guest anymore. No, he's just kind of yeah. part just, of the furniture yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, Todd. <laughs> Quit living here. <laughs> but, uh, we're actually, we're going to be, uh, we, we've been talking about doing this for a while, and, and uh, we've spoken to a few people, and uh, a few of them actually agreed to come on and talk to us. But tonight we have, um, we have one special guest. And uh, we have the um, the interview recorded, so we will step on over into that. So tonight we are joined by a uh, a guest, uh, our our very first guest, actually our very first interviewee. Um, this gentleman has been following us for a considerable period of time, at least since the beginning, since the beginning of when we first started our Facebook page. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a great great. Uh, great, great privilege and uh, and an honour to have this man on. So onwards with uh, Mr. Marshall Bass. Marshall, hello. Hello, Carl, and hello everyone there. How are you all? Yeah, doing good. Good. We got uh, we got Kevin Scott here with us as well. Sounds a lot like Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're both British, so it's very perfect. Oh, now you're going to get a British clip. <laughs> can't get away with well, it. We, we were. Yeah, I'll never understand why uh, why we sent you to the desert island with the sun. I'll, I'll never understand that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a better part of the world. Oh. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. So uh, we're we're starting a new segment, and uh, we uh, Marshall has kindly agreed to be our guinea pig, and uh, see how this kind of thing goes. So we're um, we've got some interview questions and uh, some bits and pieces. We're going to talk about Marshall, his his uh, history, and um, kind of why he joined and things like that. So let's let's start with that. Actually, Marshall, do you want to just uh, yep. uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, mate? Um, yeah, I've been in the service now for seventeen years. Um, 
my wife uh, have joined with me um, back in 2002. Um, and it was a funny thing. Um, well, it wasn't so funny at the time. Um, we moved to a, a rural area, um, and within 12 months of that, um, we were sort of threatened by a, a massive bushfire. I think at the time it had like up to a 40-kilometre front on it, um, heading towards our, our home. And, um, yeah... So that sort of started um, the interest, I suppose, um, for want of a better word. But at that time, it was a bit of a panic. But um, our local brigades um, at that time were very supportive and they, they looked after us very, very well. And uh, we actually had an interstate strike team come and sit with us for a period of days. So uh, it was a crew of five tankers, uh, four, four members per crew, um, come up and sat with us for, for two days and, and kept us feeling really comfortable and um, and um, quite at peace with the world as this um, big 40k front fire was heading towards us. So that was um, that was the thing that um, sort of started it all off. So, so Kevin and I are looking at each other. You're, so the fire was 40 kilometers wide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> actually the same. I can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> <laughs> we we have big ones down here, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's like a couple of it our was, valleys uh, <laughs> just coming yeah. at us. It was a um, series of lightning strikes that um, um, hit in a series of bushland areas to our west um, on, funnily enough, Christmas Eve. And um, as as the, the weather deteriorated over those few days, um, all those little fires joined up together and started heading eastward um, towards our village where we were, uh, or that rural area where we were. And um, yeah, so it was quite daunting and quite um, quite scary. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. 40 kilometers. <coughs> yeah. yeah, like. How many, how, now the question is, how many pairs of socks do you pack for that? <laughs> I'd be asking how many under, pair of underwear do you that one? Just keep cleaning those out. That's crazy. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of an entrance. So you said you joined, you joined uh, originally there with your, yeah. with your wife. Yeah. So from that event, um, like our, our motivation was then to, you know, the, these guys had, had wasted their Christmas New Year period, um, well not wasted, but um, spent that time with us um, away from their families and, uh, and friends and um, like it inspired both my wife and I to, um, to pay back and, and give back and uh, join our local brigade um, from that point on and um, been in the service ever since. Do they have water bombers there? Or I, I don't know how. I've never really seen um, wildland fire. Like I seen the the your guys' trucks, but never your uh, area. Yeah. So do you guys yeah. use like the water bombers yeah. like we use? Or yeah, so we we use uh, the big big um, very large tankers. Um, so the seven thirty sevens. The service is actually purchased one just recently to be here all the time now wow. um, so ordin ordinarily uh, they're on lease for, for six months at a time so they'll come down here for six months for our season and then go back out to you guys uh, for six months right. um, 
but we've actually, uh, or the service has purchased uh, one of the very own that will be here all the time now. So that's that's good news. But going back 17 years ago, uh, we didn't have those very large air tankers. Um, so it's very much small planes and um, and helicopters back then. Hmm. Can imagine fighting a 40 kilometre wide fire with with just helicopters and stuff. That could be challenging. Yeah, could be challenging. Bombers, I'm sure, have, have spent. Yeah, well, yeah, that. Yeah. That strategy on that fire was very much property protection, interface protection, and um, and containment where where conditions suited. So you sort of had to break it down a little bit, and that's what the strategy the guys did. And the whole state was activated for, for not just that fire, but a number of fires around the state. It was a bad year that year. Um, and yeah, the service certainly evolved and learnt and come together very very well for that that particular event. Fantastic. What, what type of uh, like. Is it grass around there mainly, or is it like you get lots of trees? Or yeah, well, that was bush. So the forests out here are like a eucalypt forest, okay. um, and and the eucalypt forest is sort of like a double whammy. It's not only you've got your your ground fuel and your your store, your, your mid-story fuel with the the um, what they call stringy barks. It's a it's a very feathery type bark around the tree. Um, but you've also got, uh, when it gets up into the canopy, you've got those explosive leaves because they've all got contained eucalyptus oil, so it gets quite um, quite severe, yeah, absolutely. Everything in Australia tries to kill you. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, you like... snakes, you got freaking fires. It's <laughs> the rule, man. It's the rule. So speaking of that, when you're, like, fighting fires, do you guys have, like, a whole bunch of snakes coming at you and stuff? <laughs> Just running out the bush? you got to be careful of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. As Ash would say, you've got to be mindful. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be so jealous he's not here. <laughs> he's dropping the mindful bombs. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be insane. That would be insane. So, um, so that's seventeen. So seventeen years in. Um, is your wife still in too? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're in our second brigade now. So when we first started, um, we were in a, a village-type um, area, um, typical five, ten-acre blocks um, in a semi-rim... Not, I wouldn't call it remote rural, but rural setting, yeah, absolutely. Um, but since then, we've, we've moved house and we've gone more rural. Um, so we're now in what we would call a remote rural area, which is just primarily grazing uh, grazing country and bushland. Um, there's no town as such where we are now. We're sort of more a locality than a town as, as such. And um, my wife is um, our brigade secretary. Um, so she's she's still in it now and and um, still doing all the training and stuff with us and um, and getting full on. She's my number one uh, nozzle nozzle person. She's she's good on the nozzle, absolutely. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. It's uh, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, so a question a question that we're we're trying to ask. Um, I want to kind of ask everyone that we get on, especially is why do you stay because at the moment obviously as you very well know being in that kind of you know in the volunteer areas and the departments too it's very challenging to get people on and when you get them on if they do come on it's very difficult to keep them to stay for some places so why do you stay what keeps you keeps you coming back and answering the call every time that pager goes off 
think ultimately for me, um, it's that sense of community, um, that family, that brotherhood that, that you guys talk about. That's that's here as well and um, right across across the services everywhere in the world as far as I can see. It's a, it expands out from from your department, brigade, whatever you call it, and goes feathers through. And, and, and we're talking here now like, like, like brothers as well. So... Um, that primarily is the thing that keeps me here. Um, and the other thing too is we're part of a, a very big state-based organisation that's, that's very supportive. Um, and there's, there's, there's not really that silo mentality. Um, possibly there was in the, in the past, but there's not that silo mentality where it's it's us and them. It's it's very much a, a big family, and we work together very closely. So that support and that being part of something is a, is, a, is certainly a sense that I have, um, and um, why why I keep going. Absolutely. How many guys do you have on your crew? Um, so in this brigade at the moment, we've got up to 50 members here. Um, now, in having said that, they're not all active members. They're not um, not able to jump on the truck. Some of them have been here for a long, long time and they're, they're, um, they're past that time of where they can physically uh, keep up with it. But um, they're still important to us and uh, they're still part of our, our brigade membership um, because their knowledge and, and all that's all the, the local stuff and the things that they've been to and the things they've done is very important for us to keep embracing and keeping our, our, our brigade. Um, available to jump on the truck, I've got 20. Okay. Well, that's, that's still a good number, for sure. Because, yeah, Cause, yeah <clears throat> we've, uh, and I'm sure with most, most places, they've got, we've got some older members that, um, again, they, they, won't be, they won't be packing up anytime soon. But um, you get them on a truck, and they can run a pump better than some of the some of the other guys by far. Wait, who are me? <laughs> you know who you are. I ran the pump the other day. Did you? <laughs> no. no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Scott actually got to run the pump the other day. So. Yeah. <laughs> got to. I had to. <laughs> well, he was forced to. Yeah, he was forced training. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it's and you're right. It is very important to um, to still have those people around. And it's always nice when they stick around as well. You know, sometimes uh, I feel like you know we hear from some people that, uh, and and we've had it too, where um, members don't necessarily they, they don't necessarily continue to fill the role, so they feel like they shouldn't turn up anymore. Um, but they've always got something to add. Um, you know, everyone always has something to add. So it, it's oh, definitely yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and probably more so the case where we are too, Carl, because this is the community. As I say, there's no town hall, there's no town. Um, we're, we're out in the boondocks, really, and so this is the hub of the community. And, um, like, we have our biannual dance and that sort of stuff where the community comes together here, and um, it's, it's a good it's a good thing and, um, and, and to have as many people involved in the community, it, it works both ways. Um, not only are you supporting the community, but then the support the, the support comes back from the community. And we don't find at the moment that we're, it's too hard to recruit because of that sort of sense of community that that we have here. Sounds a lot like us. We're we're very lucky in that same instance where we 
we we don't have the issue with recruitment and as, as Spence has mentioned it I think a few times and as we all kind of talked about it it a lot of it we attribute to the fact that we our faces are out there pretty consistently too it's great to hear that you're you're doing that same thing and you're getting the same response so um, it means that that works you know it's another great great aspect of, of that yeah, you're absolutely right. And going back to that um, episode where you talked about that, um, I agree wholeheartedly that um, if you want the community support, then you've got to get out there. It, it doesn't. You don't get nothing for nothing. You know, or you don't get something for nothing. I should say, if you've got to be, you've got to be on it and uh, get your face out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um this this one now when we were thinking of the questions uh, this was one of the questions that uh it's always one of those ones that you you, you kind of you don't want necessarily people to go through again but it's always a question that a lot of people want to hear the answer to and that is what is your most memorable call now it doesn't necessarily have to be negative it can be positive it can be whatever you want it to be so Marshall, what is your most memorable call? Well, I've got two. Um, one I'll talk about um, is a positive one, and, and one was a bit scary for me. That um, sticks in my mind. But um, the first one um, was just 14 months ago, so oh, just before this time last year, um, we had a, a large uh, bushfire erupt just outside our area. Um, it was a severe weather day and um, that fire grew to about 500 hectares probably within about half an hour um, <laughs> and it was being pushed by five feet. That's insane. So it's been pushed by 40, 50k winds on the day, and it was about 40 degrees outside uh, temperature-wise. So, yeah, that, that is a severe weather day or in the old scale, um, probably an extreme uh, weather day. Um, we responded with all, all crew all, all crew and all units. Um, so we had all our three units hit that fire um, pretty quickly. Um, I was actually at the shed when it, when it went up, so it um, was, was easy and quick to, to get crew mobilised. Um, and we were on that fire um, with a lot of our other brothers uh, as well, uh, and sisters, I should say. Um, we had our group, our group contains five brigades, so we came together and uh, as well as a couple of other units um, from nearby as well, and we were on that fire for five days continually, um, and we were able to um, crew that fire on all three appliances for, for those five days. Um, and, and that was my first big fire as captain here. Um, so it was a it was a proud moment for me, but also we'd recruited very heavily um, that twelve months prior, and, and for at least half the crew that was their first fire, their first main event, and um, I was a very proud moment for for me for them um, because they they did a, a really great job and uh, backed up every day and were keen to go and. Um, it was a real, in my mind, a real game changer for for, for the new guys and, and for myself um, moving into to the brigade role as captain. It was great. That's fantastic. A really good start, but it sounds like that's uh, <clears throat> five days battling. I mean, with, with a fire like uh, you have, 
is it like because around here we have obviously mountains and stuff so we we got kind of choke points where we can um you know we when we hit the flank we can kind of we can kind of see where it's going to go right um do you, do you have those kind of things down there because it, so, it sounds like i mean yeah, it sounds to me like what i'm envision, envisioning is kind of like more flatter ground but lots of lots of uh, eucalyptus like you were saying is that kind of what it is and like big areas of land yeah, we're not as mountainous as what you are. Um, by, by, yeah. So we're, we're not um, got um, huge mountains that are a couple of kilometres high. We don't have that. Um, but we do, we do have rugged terrain because most of the, the mountainous areas here are sandstony type um, uh, mountain. And so, you know, with the weathering of sandstone, it gets really jagged and, and rugged. So you can't just drive trucks up and down. Um, hills in, in the main, but um, our strategy is the same. Um, it's can it's property protection first, and then containment after that. Um, and on that particular fire, we had a couple of natural containment lines in terms of two roads locking it in mm. on two sides. Um, we had a uh, a river um, containment line on the the northern side, um, and we only really. We had to cut in a containment line on one side, which we used um, bulldozers and such for. So, um, yeah. Hmm. But the strategy is the same. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so what's uh, what's your second call there, chap? Okay, so second call was um, when I, I pretty much first started. Um, again, there was a an interface. Well, it was an interface fire. This one. Um, and it was with my previous brigade. We were were sent as part of a, a strike team. So a, a strike team's a, a group of brigades that'll go out of area um, as a as a I suppose a um, support for, for for the for the area that's impacted. Um, so we were part of this strike team, and we were tasked on this fire to, to properly protect this interface fire. Um, we moved into our first property, and um, we had winds coming off up at uh, around about 80, 90 k's an hour on this particular fire. Um, and it was coming out of the bush uh, into some um, some housing areas there. So we set up on the, the first house there, but um, it was that fire was moving so quick with that, that wind speed. Um, we barely had time enough to, to set up and get um, get our hoses out and, and, and get a bit of a game plan together when, when the front came through. Um, and the, the scary thing was that I just remember um, all the oxygen just being sucked out of the air instantly. It was like someone had just put a bag over your head. It was, um, it was a terrible feeling. Um, and, yeah... I, remember dropping to the ground with with the with a 38 mil or a one and a half inch i suppose you call it um putting the nozzle on full fog um a couple of guys jumped on top of me and behind me uh, and 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 the front rolled over us um and moved on and over the road and across the paddock and up to the the next little place so it was it was quite a bizarre thing because um when it had moved through Turned the fog down, and I got up. You know, we were sort of surrounded by black, um, and just that feeling of no, no air. Um, that was it was um, something I'll never forget. Jeez. Well, I, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna take anything away from that 
you were gonna take away the fight that know your nozzle patterns. Because if you didn't know your nozzle pattern at that point, there would have been some serious shit hitting the rest of that fan. I think that answered the oh, debate yeah. versus smoothbore versus uh, combination. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if a smoothbore would have helped you there. <laughs> no. Jeez. No, no. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, learn, knowing those nozzles, you're absolutely right. And, um, yeah, just to have that reactionary time, like, you've got to have that react. It's got to be muscle memory, yeah? It's just, you've got to have that reactionary time to know, right, I'm in trouble. Um, whack it onto a full fog, get down, um, kiss the dirt, basically, and, um, yeah. But they, uh, protected us quite well, um, mm. kept us cool, and, and you could breathe behind that fog as well. Um, we didn't have BA on that um, particular call out um, at that time. That brigade was uh, uh, not a BA brigade at that time. I think they are now, but um, at that time we weren't. So, but ultimately, if we were BA, we'd, we would have um, had our masks on and all that sort of stuff before we actually got out of the truck and set up. But at that period of time we didn't have that facility so um yeah that certainly saved us absolutely and saved the house as well um but luckily enough that house had a good asset protection zone around it <clears throat> so that there was nice manicured lawns and, and that sort of thing so in a sense the asset protection zone protected the house itself um but we were there to to put out any embers and stuff that were still remaining and could have caused problems afterwards so it, that's that's fantastic, mate. Well done. Uh, congratulations on the quick thinking, because uh, you know it, it it speaks a lot when you can you can say that you know, like you said, that muscle memory, muscle memory of, yeah. of falling back to your training, not even thinking about it. You know what? Left for life. You just switch your nozzle pattern and away you go. You know, if you didn't do that, if you didn't take the initiative, who knows what could have happened? Especially the fact, like you said, that you couldn't breathe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just quickly on that. So, do they do they build a lot of the homes there um, with the idea of fire protection in mind now, or in the area at least you're in? Are you looking at that? Yeah, yeah. If you if you put a, a DA in, um, you've got to have a um, bushfire assessment done as part of that <laughs> DA um, or development application. So, yeah, it's it's fully taken account these days but you know go back 20 30 40 years ago that, that sort of wasn't um pushed as much um back yeah. in those times so there still are places at risk um where the bush basically comes right up to the back doorstep yeah um there are new um regulations and, and initiatives being taken as well where uh they've created what they call a 1050 rule so if you want to go in a, in a sort of like heritage protected area um you can, uh, with authorization, clear um, down to pretty much bare earth, 10 metres around your home, um, and then you can sparsely uh, reduce vegetation 50 metres around your home. So that's the 1050 rule in a in hmm. nutshell. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly industries taken into account with all new developments now, yeah. Yeah, because I know even around here, um, same thing 20, 30 years ago, wasn't thought of. But now it's it's definitely becoming a uh, main consideration um, for for homes that for homes that are built in the obviously in the forested area not not so much in in town where we are but um, in the forested area de- definitely but the ten fifty rule that sounds interesting well, it's about the same it's it? around about the same yeah. yeah if you're looking at kind of the 
the the fire smart stuff that they're trying to push now it's right. pretty much pretty much about the same for the for the meteor radius right. clearing your clearing the brush and so with your uh, I was curious about your water supply for for the for your fires like you guys it doesn't sound like you'd have hydrants because like you were saying you don't really have a town hall or anything do you, do you yep. mainly uh, like obviously water tenders but do you do you, like hard suction out of uh, like draft out of rivers or what do you more normally do. So we've got, uh, I'll, I'll give you a bit of background. We've got three appliances. Um, we've got a heavy tanker. Um, she carries uh, 3,300 litres. I'm not sure what that is in, in gallons. Um, I wouldn't have a clue what it is in US gallons. <laughs> 3,300 litres in, in, in our, our heavy tanker. Um, and that's a, it's a four-wheel drive um, tanker as well. So it's it's uh, can pretty much go anywhere that's wide enough <laughs> um, yeah. it's quite rugged um, we've got a medium sized tanker which carries a thousand litres and we've got a, um, a a small ute like a bush truck um, which carries um, 500 four 500 litres on it max um, so that's our that's our static water supply I suppose or what we can carry to the fire that's, uh, with, with our vehicles um, then once once we're on scene um, yeah really important that one of the first considerations you do when you're doing your size up and, um, and windscreen checks and looking for hazards that one of the first in, um, considerations is where you're going to draw water from um, most of um, the properties in our area have dam water um, so they'll have a, a lake of sorts or, or, or a dam on their property um, other than that, there's there's water tanks that we can draw out of, um, and yes, river systems as well. So we have two uh, river systems that sort of cradle our area. So if worse comes to worse, and um, with you know we've got dams that are dry around the place, we've got that water supply fairly consistently in those two rivers. Um, but it's important too with our, our pre-planning that we we identify. Um, where our reliable water supplies are going to be at all times. So there are a number of dams that are quite big and, and hold very well, and even in the worst drought, they're still got water in, um, in our zone. Yeah, I can imagine with the you know with the scarcity up there, it would be it'd be extremely important, especially during those times to know where those spots are. That'd be, and then you're you're drafting from there, and then bringing it back over yeah. to you, I guess, hey. Yeah, yeah. So we could do it. We can do one of the few things. Um, we can set up a tender operation. We had a structure fire just at the end of last year where we were third truck on scene, and that was our role, just a tender role. So we were going backwards and forwards to a water supply and and replenishing the trucks that were were on the fire. Um, there's also the facility to call in what we call a bulk tanker. Um, so like a a big semi trailer um, full of full of water um, that we can we can position in a, in a prime location and draw off of that too. Um, but otherwise, yeah, if if you've got the other thing we do too is set, set up a, like a fast fill. So on a dam, we'll have a uh, a pump um, and a suction hose set up on a dam so that you're not um having to draft you can you can replenish off of that static pump that's set up on the dam um and and go from there nice 
Um, so, when it, I guess one of the other questions as well, there, Marshall, is um, when it comes to tactics and tactics that you use, um, is there anything like unique or um, useful that you guys use that, that tends to be something either either that you know you've either adapted yourselves or something where you've taken a, a tactic or a strategy and, and added some bits and pieces? Just looking if you've got anything that you can you can share on that front. Yeah, sure. Um, well, grass fires come to mind. Um, our appliances have a crew area set up on them, so the the pump is remounted, and so yeah. behind the cab, um, between the cab and the tank, where you would probably have a pump on your truck, I think, um, our pump is behind, right on the back of the truck. So in that that void area where the pump would ordinarily be, um, behind the cab and, and before the tank. Um, we have a crew area. So in grass fires, um, particularly on open paddocks and things like that, um, we'll be mobile and we'll have uh, a crew member or two on that that platform. Um, and it's all caged in and everything like that. You're not going to fall off and you're not like you run a grass fire at 100 k's an hour either. So um, it's very low speeds. But what we do with that, is if we've got two appliances or three or four on that particular grass fire, we'll do what we call convoy firefight. So <coughs> we'll have a lead truck run the flank of that grass fire and that, that lead truck's all its job is to do is to knock down. Yeah. Um, the second truck follows in fairly closely behind it and they're more mopping up as they go through. So there's there's very little chance of reignition on that flank, um, and the other thing too is you can you can hit that flank a lot faster, and you can move up that flank towards the head a lot faster than what you would ordinarily do, particularly if you were on foot, um, or or if you only had the one truck. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. Yeah, you know, I get a vision of Mad Max. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the wheels in Skull's brain turn. He's like, it's just, "How it's... can we do this?" <laughs> do you think we can get Bob to pass it in the budget? <laughs> we just need to find a place to put the big drums and the guitar. And the guitar. Yeah. So, are all your uh, all your uh, vehicles are they all pump and roll? Like you can all you can pump and drive at the same time? All of them? Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, our main engines are, are, you know, we have to we have to stop to engage the pump, right? Um, so so once they're once they're engaged, they're they're where they are. Um, but our tenders, yeah. yeah, our tenders do are able to do pump and roll. So that's that's yeah. good. good. Yeah, and the only other thing we've got the bush truck as well. Yeah, and the bush truck, of course. Yeah, yeah, and the bush truck. Yeah, no, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and then uh, I guess our. Another final question there, I guess, with this one would be: um, Do you have a so? Do you have a quick tip for anyone who's listening who may be thinking about you know becoming a volunteer? Because there, are, I'm sure there's people that are on the fence. There may be people that are listening to this that you know are like, oh, just kind of. I like the idea, but I like the idea more than the action. Is there anything that you could think of or? Would like to say to those people that might just tip them over the edge. Yeah, sure. Um, I suppose uh, from a positive point of view, um, look, it's great. 
once you're in a, a, a fire brigade or department, that, that brotherhood, that family is something that you wouldn't otherwise ordinarily experience. I remember that first brigade that we, we, we joined um, and we just moved to that area. Um, we didn't know anyone, you know. We were very isolated where we were and felt isolated too. Um, you know, it's a bit far for the old friends to come and visit you and you see the family half the time is what you would have ordinarily. Um, but when we joined that brigade, it was so refreshing and I missed that village atmosphere too because everyone was just together all the time. Like, we helped people put up sheds uh, um, and they'd come and help us put up something and I helped one of the guys build his house and in turn he'd come out when we moved out here and he'd come and help me um, put my shed up and um, so really that it's hard to explain and hard to describe but that sense of community is is something that um, I'd never experienced before until I joined the service um, or joined at that brigade Um, and really it's priceless absolutely priceless um yeah so that's that's one thing i'd say that um anyone that's sitting on the fence that um if you're not sure if it's worth it absolutely it is because you have now an extended family that that are there to support you and look after you not just on the fire ground but um outside of things as well um i'm sure um the second thing i would say is be prepared to be committed be committed. A chain is only as strong as its weakest links and um, if you're not committed to training, if you're not committed to being the best that you can be, look, your brothers and sisters are, are, are depending on you in, in that heat of the moment. So um, there's, there's no such thing as being just a volunteer. If you're going to join, be prepared, have that conversation with your family and, um, and your, your employer as well because um, if you're in, we need you in. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think we'd disagree with any of that, honestly. The um, the it's Fire like, family. It's right? like you listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, it's, so, it's so true. You like, and, and, and that's, you know, we've been interacting together for a while now, and, and it's the same. It's, it's everything you guys are saying is, is absolutely right, and that's exactly the same here. Yeah, it's good. It's good to good to hear that it's it's over there. Yeah, Kev, yeah, that's it's absolutely amazing that we're we're chatting with someone on the other side of the planet, and it's basically the same like same it's, kind of tactics, same kind of situations, different environments, yeah. but yeah. it's the same. That, that very much, very much, what we do, Kev, is is the same. Like the techniques and everything that you talk about, I can totally relate to here. And um, the only thing that's slightly different is the structure. Um, we have a different structure here um, in the fire services that we have in the state and around country. Um, it's a little bit different to what you have over there. Um, but yeah, other than that. Um, when it comes to putting wet stuff on red stuff, um, I think we're all on pretty much on the same page. Mm-hmm. Actually, I kind of have a question. I I've kind of got lost in the the rest of the questions. How many um, like do you guys get a fair amount of structure fires and stuff like that, or do you guys do like MBIs and that kind of thing as well? Or? Yep, yep. So um, we do 
structure fire, we do MVA, we do bushfire, we do grassfire. So we pretty much do do everything. Um, where we are at the moment, because it's so remote, um, most of our calls are for uh, vegetation ignition or grass or bushfire. Um, but in having said that, like last year we had three MVAs, um, two structure fires. So yeah, it was it's still still part of what we do. Absolutely. Do you guys do you guys do medical or is that separate? Yeah. So no, we don't we don't do that. So when it comes to um, extraction um, and when it comes to uh, rescue, um, that's where we call in support uh, from the other agencies that are around us um, to assist us in those areas. Oh, yeah. they they do medical. So you, you don't have like an ambulance service or anything like that? Then? Oh, we have an ambulance service, but that's based in our main town, um, which is about 20 minutes to the west of us. Um, so, but our, all our guys are, are, are very focused on first aid, um, and we have defib units on the trucks. We've got lots of gear on the trucks, so we can provide that um, initial support to, to people that are in need. Um, and but also to um, going back to something you guys said before as well, if you think you're going to need something, call it and call it early. It's very pertinent out here. Um, if we get an MVA call before we even roll, or as I call in that we're rolling, I'll be calling for an ambulance to, to meet us there as well so that they're already en route. And if by, you know, by chance when, when we get there they're not needed, it's easier to call them off than to call them out at that, that later stage. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I, I don't have any more questions. Marshall, I guess, uh, do you have any questions for us? Actually, <laughs> just right into the end? <laughs> I don't know. I'm still stuck on crew served <laughs> Mad Max tenders. That's what I'm stuck on. <laughs> I'm a little hung up on the 40 kilometer fire. That's, that's insane. Uh, that, was, that was a big one, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, um, if there's nothing else, gentlemen, I think we're good. Marshall, we, I can't say, but honestly, you've been like I say, you've been listening to us for forever. I think pretty much since the beginning. Um, you know, you you were one of the one of the ones that survived the first few episodes where we had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> so Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, was, I, I think I, I think we've um, I think we've stayed on track. You know what? I think we did. Bob would be proud. <laughs> we'll find out Monday or Tuesday we, afternoon or Monday afternoon when he blisses this. We will, we will. We'll wait and see what we add on to this. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we we really appreciate, it, mate. We appreciate your support. Um, you know, it, it's always and it's why we wanted you. It's why we wanted you on first as well, because again, we have been talking for a very long time back and forth. Um, you've been very vocal with the things that you know we, we post up and uh, um, you know just just helping helping show us as well at the beginning there that, that somebody was listening and we weren't just kind of talking with ourselves, which was kind of all we ever thought this was ever going to be. Really, it was kind of an audio log for us to talk to ourselves. I think <laughs> it was an excuse to get out on a Monday, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, we we really appreciate your support, mate. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. What what you guys are doing is absolutely brilliant, and um, yeah, it, you're doing a great job. 
absolutely great job. And uh, it's not just myself, I think. Uh, you know you're being appreciated by, by a lot of firefighters and volunteers uh, from all around the world, which is it's really great. And it's, it's just another way that um, we can all come together um, and, and touch base and, and uh, check on ideas and, yeah, things that... that, that that you guys are talking about, oh, we could try that here, and things that we're talking about, oh, you could try that there. So it's all it's all about. You never stop learning in, in this industry. Yeah, uh, it's every fire that you go to is 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 different. Um, and as you guys have said before, the more you've got in the toolbox, and, and the more that you can pull out that specific thing for that specific incident or that specific time, um, the better off you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fully agree. Uh, as as you as you're talking here, Scott literally we've lost him. He's he's uh, he's literally gone into convoy mode. He's trying to figure out with his phone, his pager, and a red marker how we can how we can use our current vehicle. <laughs> he's strategizing right now. He's the worst. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff. <laughs> Mate, we, we appreciate it. We really appreciate your time. We know it's super early over there for you as well. So um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being the, the first person through. Thank you for your support. And uh, thank you for your service. That's great. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks, Marshall. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks, guys. You too. And there we go. That was uh, Mr. Marshall Bass from uh, from Australia. He doesn't sound anything like me. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, a little bit. Sounds a lot like me. <laughs> so, do we have an interview or is there a, new, uh, a topic for this episode or a name? Because it's like, I think Australia kills everybody. It can kill you with Australia. <laughs> fires. Uh, 40 kilometers. <laughs> like, come on. Flame How front. do you fight that? <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, we fight that. <laughs> You're like, oh. And they have three really? apparatus. <laughs> it's like, we have like nine apparatus, <laughs> yeah. and then we call mutual aid. He's got three things. Yeah, we call the province for that. Yeah. One. <laughs> well, I guess I guess you know when you're like you said, he's in a he's in a rural rural area. Mm-hmm. Like you you're not getting help for a while, and you're calling on your mutual aid guys and things like that. And you know your teams are coming, but they're taking some time to get there. So you better learn how to deal with it. I love the way that they were talking. He was talking about the way they've adapted their trucks with the uh, Mad Max, <laughs> the Mad Max cages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just rock music blaring, some crazy dude in a mask, and just you know, we, just you know, if we ever did that, we would, I would definitely put it rock music, just rock music. Fact. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. You gotta have a blaring at the platform as the guys are. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I, well, we've been trying to fill up on our trucks for quite some time now. It's yeah. It's true. Yeah. 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 No, it's. Thunderstruck yeah. is the theme too. Anyway. I don't know. Mad Max would, would have to be even heavier than Thunderstruck. It would. <laughs> it would. I'm impressed that he just brushes off the deadly snakes and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's some snakes. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but the fire actually thing is going to kill us because yeah. you know, the trees explode with <laughs> burning oil from a eucalyptus. Oh, great. <laughs> it's like a napalm tree. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you got paraffin bombs going off overage. Jeez, craziness. Um, yeah, we... Uh, again, Marshall's been a, a long-time listener, so, you know, it was, it was uh, great having him on. Um, we do have a bunch of other people as well that have uh, all uh, agreed to yeah. come on and, and uh, be part of us, uh, be part of us in our, our podcast as well. So, if you have things to say and would like to come on and have a bit of a chat, drop some message. Um, you know, we've got some kind of standard things you want to ask, but you know us, we're kind of always going rogue. So there might be some other stuff thrown in. But uh, 
yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we'd love to have you on because, as, as again, you know, we want to make sure everyone understands this platform is a platform for sharing the knowledge. If you know something, if you believe in something, if you do something that your department um, believes and it does work and it's been tested, tried and true, tell us about it. You know, we want to know and we want to try it ourselves because, you know, we want more things to do at the training ground on a weekend because it's great fun. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Kev, you got anything for me? No. Scott? <laughs> no. Planning <laughs> <laughs> a Mad Max truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's everything from us, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good evening. Stay safe. Good night.